the Accidental Engineer. Welcome all, Max of the Accidental Engineer here. Today we have the pleasure of Parker Finney joining us. Welcome, Parker. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, for our audience that don't know you, you are the founder and owner of Interview Cake, the uh, service for preparing for technical software engineering job interviews. Is that a That's fair right. description? That's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll let you describe it in your own words. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, so uh, I usually describe it as, uh, I, I say it's like SAT prep, but instead of the SAT, we prepare you for the coding interview. Now, I know your audience uh, already knows what the coding interview is, so I guess uh, we don't need that that analogy. <laughs> but Well, it uh, never hurts. I actually, um, I moved uh, from San Francisco to Brooklyn uh, a couple years ago, um, partly to kind of um, take a little bit of a break from from the tech scene. But one thing that I'm reminded when I'm back in San Francisco that I miss a little bit is that out there, everyone knows what the heck I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, in, in New York, I'd imagine it's kind of a mystery. People are kind of perplexed at what kind of odd interview processes exist in software engineering. Well, in, in fact, um, a, a lot of the time when I tell people, um, oh, I do this thing, it, it um, prepares software engineers for interviews, they light up and they say, oh, that's such a great idea. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. And they're like, yeah, because <laughs> engineers are really... Um, awkward right and so they need coaching on on like how to uh how to have a conversation in an interview and i'm like well, that's um and so that's how i i came up with the um the sat analogy it's because like no it's it's not about uh, i mean there's some little tiny bits of, about you know how how to um kind of put your best foot forward in the interview but for the most part um it's like test prep we're teaching people how to solve these um these technical problems I, I actually found out about you and Interview Cake through a previous guest of ours, uh, a guy by the name of Paul Carlton, who now works at Stripe, but interviewed at Google several times, worked at Google several times. And when he came on to tell us about how he prepared each time for interviewing at Google, he meant he dropped your guys' service. Awesome. And so I thought That's it was great. it was it's awesome to come uh, come around to interviewing somebody who is behind the success of one of our guests. Awesome. Well, I love I love hearing stories like that. That's great. Well, I, I know this is a story you've told probably ad nauseum, but I find it a really interesting one is about the backstory of how you came up with Interview Cake as a business. Yeah. So I um, was working at a startup in San Francisco. Uh, I had been I had started as an engineer there and then I moved my way into being a, a product manager and I was uh, starting to kind of get the itch to, to do my own thing. And I was looking around for ideas. I, I wanted to maybe do like some sort of Python scripting, like maybe like a web scraper library or something. And then meanwhile, kind of unrelatedly, while I was searching for startup ideas, um, a good friend of mine kind of fell on hard times. She, she lost her job. She was crashing uh, on me and my roommates' uh, couch. And she needed to uh, make a career change. So she did one of these uh, 12-week learn-how-to-program um, schools. And it was a big risk for her because she, she was really out of cash. Um, so uh, she had to, you know, not work for 12 weeks. And um, she had to pay tuition for, for this program, um, at which, you know, she, she really didn't have. So um, I, I gave her a, a, a small loan just, just to cover the, um, the payment for the tuition. And, um, and so she did the program. And then at the end... Um, 
uh, I sat her down and I said, you know, I'm working at this startup right now that's hiring really aggressively. And we're interviewing as many as, uh, I, I personally am interviewing as many as like two candidates a day, right? So like 10 candidates a week, right? I'm talking to. And we're passing on almost all of them, the vast, vast majority of people uh, we pass on. And and it's crazy because I know that with a lot of these candidates, if I had just kind of given them a quick coaching session before the interview on like, okay, here's kind of what I'm hoping to see out of this, um, they would have done a lot better. Um, and, uh, you know, so I started building this theory that like the coding interview really is just a, a specific game and it's, it's, uh, quite different from the day to day of software engineering. Um, uh, which means that even if you're a good engineer, you're not going to be good at it for free. Right. Um, but it's also very learnable and it actually doesn't take all that long to, to learn how to be good at it. So anyway, so so I went back to my friend and I said, "Hey, um, let me uh, do some practice problems with you." And um, we did a few, and and uh, predictably enough, she was a little weak on some of the data structures and algorithms stuff. Uh, usually, um, these twelve-week programs aren't able to fit in so much of that. Um, but we took just a long weekend to kind of fill in some of the gaps on that stuff. My, I think that there exists this idea that. Um, with these 12-week programming boot camps, um, you know, versus a four-year education, uh, a, a four-year computer science degree, um, there exists this idea that the difference between those two is the the computer science stuff, the data structures and algorithm stuff. And so, if you want to learn that piece, you um, you need to do that three and a half additional years, right? Um, but it seemed pretty clear to me that that wasn't true, that actually just getting enough to uh, to really uh, crush it at the coding interview um, is just a long weekend's worth of work. So um, so fast forward, you know, we took this long weekend, um, didn't, didn't take it, uh, me and my friend, long to get her to the point where she was um, able to breeze through the problems that, that I knew. And um, uh, she went out and interviewed and she ended up getting a job at Google. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, at Facebook. And um, so suddenly she uh, was making more than I was and didn't need to crash on my couch anymore. And it was a big sea change for her. So, um, you know, I, at first I, I didn't think that this was a startup idea. I, I thought like, you know, maybe it's not um, a big enough business, but um, I didn't have any other ideas. And uh, I was like, well, I, I think I'm good at this. And I, I know... I know that a lot of people need this, and I know where to find the people that need this. So, uh, so why don't I give it a shot? So that's how I started Interview Cave. To back up a, a second, and, and how you just how you generalized that process of educating up your friend in preparation for interviews. Interview Cake is a subscription that people can pay for, which gives them access to a whole bunch of uh, interviews uh, or interview questions, that's and right. so you compile a uh, database of interview questions and answers. Uh, and I guess they're grouped by employer. Is that correct? Um, we do um, do some amount of um, grouping by employer. Um, we, we don't, it's, it's not exactly um, like these questions are asked at this employer, um, especially because um, once a question is on the internet, a, a lot of these big guys um, stop asking it. Right. 
Um, so there's some sort of vague guesses for like, oh, you know, Facebook likes graph stuff because they, they have this big um, social graph. Um, the truth is, this is a little bit of inside baseball, but um, that uh, that listing in the footer where we say Google interview questions, Facebook interview questions, uh, Amazon interview questions, um, that's because um, the highest volume search queries in our space are Google interview questions, Facebook interview questions, Amazon interview questions, or Java interview questions, Ruby interview questions, whatever. Um, and it's interesting because the truth is there's nothing different about an Amazon question versus a Google question versus a Microsoft question, right? The questions that you get in your, your interview have much more to do with which interviewer is randomly assigned to interview you than uh, whether it's at Google or Amazon or Microsoft. Um, but nonetheless, this is what people type into Google when they want something like interview cake, right? When they want resources to help prepare for interviews. So the, I've, I've um, uh, heard kind of an analogy of, of like uh, people who sell eBooks online that uh, show you how to get a six pack. Um, they, they have to sell the marketing <laughs> copy says um, just five minutes a day, you know, one weird exercise gives you a, a six pack. Um, but then the actual PDF has like some exercises and then the whole rest of the thing is about diet because that's the actual way to, to get a six pack. And so the, <laughs> there's this idea of like sell them what they, what they want, but give them what they actually need. So those, mm -hmm. uh, those company specific, uh, landing pages on interview cake are, are actually kind of us trying to bridge that gap. That's fair. That's fair. I, I do not think that that's too inside of baseball. Uh, I think one of the to to corroborate one of the things you described about the the randomness of who you get matched up with and what question they ask. I think one of the inside baseball statistics that may be widely known is how the average tenure at the the big companies, the big tech companies, the big thing is something like under two years, like one and a half years. And obviously, there may be sampling bias there where people, the largest volume of people have been hired within the last two years. But regardless, there is a ton of turnover. And so maybe a question that was asked at Google, that employee who asked that question yeah. is now at Amazon. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting so, angle. Yeah, that's a good point. So one of, one of the topics that I think a lot of our audience might have firsthand experience with is maybe pre, prior to the onsite or prior to even a phone screen, employers are so overwhelmed with candidates and the vetting process that uh, they're giving take-home problems. And, and maybe that's happening at different stages in the interview process or pipeline, but what's your take on employers giving take-home problems? Is it, it's, it seems very gameable. Is it, is it something that interview cake subscribers uh, can be prepared for from working against your guys' database of interview yeah, questions? Yeah, um, sort of yes and no. Um, you'll definitely get um, uh, some amount of benefit from practicing with with interview cake um, for, for those types of problems. Um, those problems tend to be less algorithmic and more sort of general programming, um, both in terms of like, you know, can you, 
uh, sling some code here that's going to uh, actually run correctly and, and give the desired output? And um, can you make uh, really nice, uh, well-formatted, well-styled, um, you know, consistent with the um, style conventions of the particular language that you're interviewing in, in some cases? Um, that's stuff that's um, not not quite in our sweet spot. Um, we, we try to do a good job on that stuff, and and uh, we actually spend a lot of time making sure that all of our own code samples are um, very carefully uh, styled and organized. And one thing that we do that um, I wish more people do did was um, we use very descriptive variable names all the time. So that's uh, an example of like th that's all stuff that we don't quite teach, although we do try to show um, by example. Um, so yeah, the um, the the truth is, and this is to to kind of go back to um, you know uh, how how you describe interview cake as as a um, a, a bunch of practice questions. Um, we actually think of ourselves as um, being more of like like an online course. Um, so we have a bunch of interactive practice questions. We also have a bunch of uh, tutorials that explain all the main data structures and algorithms. And we have some cool new stuff around that coming out soon. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of our sweet spot is teaching the data structures and algorithm stuff. On the other side, you know, another part of preparing for coding interviews might be just like doing a bunch of problems. Um, and, and there are actually, um, uh, potentially better and and cheaper options for that. I mean, people love Leet Code, where you can just go and and um, grind on a bunch of problems. Um, so for for something like a take home test, I think Leet Code might get you a little further. But um, for something like a phone screen, depending on the company, but I think especially a a, a whiteboard on site interview where they're gonna be talking more about data structures and algorithms and you know, trying to find something that not just works, but is as efficient as possible. Um, that's really where interview cake comes in. Um, and our contention is that to prepare for that, the path to victory actually is not to just run a bunch of questions and then hope that uh, the question that you get in the interview is one of the ones you've already done, but, but to learn the skill of algorithmic thinking. And so that's something that we spend a lot of time uh, teaching directly on interview cake. With your friend who provided the original inspiration for generalizing the training that you provided her, I got to really quickly plug that uh, just last week we had the Senior Director of Education of oh, HackWrite on, Maggie Minkin, and she talked a little bit about the curriculum, and I can verify that Interview Cake definitely covers a, a sweet spot for interview prep that's independent of what somebody might get through a boot camp like HackWrite. Uh, one, of the, one of the things you've told me about that I find really interesting about your secondhand experience of your friend's job search is how hard it was for her to prepare or find the time and energy to prepare for a process that she knew very little about. Do you mind telling us a little bit about what what are the hurdles that some of these job seekers have and how interview cake fills it? Yeah. So you're, you're saying, um, uh, around like the, uh, the broader recruiting process or the interview specifically, uh, maybe, maybe the difficult, the biggest difficulties that your friend had when she started to look for a job and then you started assisting her. 
Yeah, uh, I think there were a couple. Um, in in her case, uh, getting the interview was um, uh, was difficult because she had what you might call a non traditional background. She didn't have um, a computer science degree from from a, a four year institution, um, and and this is changing now. This was this was a few years back, but um, at, at the time, these these twelve week programs were were still pretty new. Um, so, so that was the big thing was like her, her resume didn't, didn't pop. Right. Um, the, and, and that's, that's actually something that interview cake doesn't, um, uh, doesn't do a whole lot to help with, uh, so far today. Um, there are some great other, uh, resources. I know you've talked with, um, Aileen Lerner from interviewing.io. Um, I love how, um, uh, so much of what they're doing is, is saying like your resume shouldn't matter right? All that should matter is how good you are at the job. Um, so they're doing some great work on, on bridging that gap. Um, when I'm kind of counseling people one-on-one on, on that, um, I always give them the advice to reach into their network and try to get an internal referral because that can, um, uh, you know, depends on the company, but um, that can uh, fill in some of the gap if, if your resume is, is not quite as sparkly as, as other people's. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a big problem for my friend. Um, and then the other one was, was um, being good at, at these technical interviews. And, um, and that's, it's, it's just crazy how, um, again, it's so different. You know, being good at these interviews is, is so different from um, being a good engineer, right? Um, I, I mean, it's the, they certainly over, intersect in, in, in important ways, but um, the... I don't know. The, the bottom line for me is that like everyone needs to prepare for these interviews, right? Even people who are total rock stars, um, to the point where, um, you know, uh, I don't know pe- people have heard some some of the the, the big stories, like the um, uh, the guy who maintains homebrew, um, not getting the job at at, at Google, um, you know, like. Uh, Shipping great software is is uh, really doesn't make you good at these whiteboard interviews. Totally, I think there's a similar story with the WhatsApp founder or interviewing previously at Facebook and then later selling WhatsApp for uh, a few billion dollars uh, after getting rejected <laughs> in the interview process. I don't know if he failed on a yeah. I think he panned out fine, but uh, I yeah. There there's definitely a difficulty drawing a drawing a correlation even between interview performance and uh, on the job performance i mean that's a that's those are numbers that i think all of us would be super interested in hearing about at some point Uh, yeah and and i think i I wouldn't i wouldn't quite go so far as to say that they're like fully unrelated but, but i would say that that they're disconnected enough that that again um when you're getting ready to do the interviews, you gotta prepare, right? Because it's it's just, especially if you haven't done this in a while, it just is awkward writing code with someone watching you. It's awkward writing code on a whiteboard. You're probably rusty, uh, you know, unless you're someone like me who you know teaches this stuff. You're probably rusty on thinking about big O notation, and uh, you probably like have learned about some graph stuff before, but like need to review it, you know. And that's all stuff that's going to be tested. You mentioned earlier regarding how you'd been a product manager when your friend had been 
uh, job seeking and what what happened next what what led you to starting interview cake you you described it as uh, initially being an opportunity you didn't see as being uh, the the business model that you might have imagined in starting a startup but what what was the timeline there yeah 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 i i um i, I love talking about this stuff i um i i actually posted about this on hacker news a, a little while back um I had I had been pretty shy about kind of sharing this story, but increasingly I'm um, enjoying kind of sharing a little bit. Um, so the so one thing that's a little unique about Interview Cake is um, it's it's an entirely self funded company, um, so we've never raised uh, VC money. And and in fact, in the in the early days, I thought Interview Cake was going to be a standard Silicon Valley startup. So you know, I applied to Y Combinator. I, I made pitch decks. I talked with investors, and and they all told me that Interview Cake was not um, a big enough idea to to be uh, investable. Um, they said, you know, maybe if if you kind of push it in more of a recruiting direction, you could do something. And in fact, if if you look at um, at, at my space, you'll see a lot of companies that kind of started off doing something like Interview Cake, and then moved towards um, doing something more on the recruiting side. Um, and so I played around with that idea, but it, it didn't seem like the right fit for me because f for my money, um, there's a fundamental difference between trying to make everyone better at coding interviews versus figuring out who's already good at, uh, at interviews and, and who's going to um, be easy to hire and, and thus be someone that you can make a, um, recruiting commission off of. Um, and I think that uh, for my money, uh, companies that kind of try to do both, um, uh, that, that can get a little sticky. So um, sort of long story short, I, with Interview Cake, you know, um, I started to learn that um, maybe it's not going to be one of these uh, VC-funded big startup things. Maybe I'm not going to have like the huge office with hundreds of employees. Um, but I started learning about um, this micropreneur kind of idea, um, uh, what it's like to run a bootstrapped business um, that you can still, um, you know, make good money and 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 do well for yourself, and um, you can build a small team if that's something you want to do. Um, so, um, so my goal for the whole for the first year with Interview Cake, it was just me, and what I did was I. Um, I quit my job. I told my boss, you know, I, I want to try my hand at doing my own thing. And he said, you know what? I'm a founder too. And, uh, I get it. You know, uh, I, I believe that, um, uh, he, he said, you know, if, if your heart's in it, ramen noodles are going to taste pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I, th I thought that was, that was really funny. So, um, so I looked at my bank account and I said, okay, you know, with my current rent and I was still kind of living like a college student more or less. Um, uh, I, so I had some savings, um, just from working, um, for a year in industry. I said, okay, with my current rent and my current spending and stuff, um, I think I can live off of savings for, uh, something like six months. So, um, let me just kind of take a swing at this. And, and my, I had my last day at my old job. And then the next day I had my first day of interview cake. And I got a floating membership at a co-working space, um, so I didn't even have a desk that I could like 
I had a key and I could walk in and sit on the couch and work. Um, and that was something that was important to me that like I could make it feel a little bit nine to five E because I knew if I was just in my room all day, I, I would go crazy. Um, and initially the, the goal was um, to just build a thing, see if people liked it. So I built the thing and then people liked it. I waited too long to charge uh, any money for it, but kind of fast forwarding a little bit, once I started charging a little bit and some people wanted to buy this thing, um, the, the first goal was, can I make a thousand bucks a month? Right? Can I uh, sort of make enough to, uh, to? <laughs> I think my rent was was more than that, but we get close to to mm-hmm. paying rent, right? Um, and it was a buddy of mine who was who was a, a like a third time founder at the time who said like you know that that should be your first goal, and I think you know six years later, Interview Cake has has gotten um, much much bigger and and um, we've done pretty well, and and I think a lot of what's allowed me to get there is that um, I've kind of scaled my ambitions as I've went. So um, uh, after the kind of fancy startup dream was was dispelled luckily early on before I raised any money because I couldn't, um, I just had very modest goals of like, okay, could this could the company buy me lunch? Could the, could the company pay my rent? Could the company pay me half of my old salary? You know, and, and just kind of like, Tried, tried to raise it from there. And I think that having that patience um, allowed me to kind of weather the storm of, of the ups and downs. I think one, one thing that might be understated here is that over the last six years, the job market for software engineers has continued to go up. And maybe if you looked at the market cap or the gross income across all software engineers who are English speaking or not, or not English speaking, mm-hmm it's just risen a great deal. So I, I can see how you're meeting a huge amount of demand. And that's one of the reasons uh, we started the podcast, The Excel Engineer, is that we've got a lot of optimism for this as a career and uh, mm-hmm. are encouraging others to you know stick with it and use products like Interview Cake <laughs> to get to the goals they might have, whether it's compensation or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things that I guess that VCs or, or investors might have pushed you on and, and uh, factor underlying their decision mm-hmm. not to entertain investing in interview cake very early on might have to do with the, the fact that no other profession that I'm aware of has such a peculiar interview process in the first place. Yeah. So maybe scaling out to other employment verticals is it brings brings you into direct competition with maybe the test prep like mm-hmm. you like you mentioned mm-hmm. maybe the magouche or the kaplan mm-hmm. of the world where there are highly credentialed uh, academic programs where people are preparing for a standardized test as opposed to a non-standardized job interview yeah that, that that's a that's a really um interesting point it's some, something i've i've thought about a bit um and actually, I, I remember one of the early conversations I had that was with, this is actually for another incubator, and, and the guy running the incubator said, uh, I got, you know, like two sentences into my pitch, and he said, um, come to me when you have a platform. He said, like, you know, you're making one course, you know, you have a content business, you don't have, you don't have a tech business, you don't have a platform, you don't have anything. Um, 
come to me when when you have like you know when this is a uh, you Udemy or, or something right like we're you know you have a marketplace um, and I walked out and I was like I just don't I don't know how to do that I don't know if I'm particularly good at that I know what I'm good at is teaching people how to how to pass these interviews and so I think that actually um, there's been a lot of power in being so specifically focused. Um, and if you play around with interview cake, you, you'll see this because we've been able to, to spend a lot of time getting the user experience just right for this very specific thing that we're teaching. Um, and so, you know, we have a bunch of little things where like each of our practice questions is available in 10 different programming languages. And when you change the language, um, not only do the code samples change, but the the prose changes. So the variable names change from uh, camel case to snake case or whatever. But whole paragraphs and whole sentences might um, hide or show depending on if you know your language has immutable strings or not, and and, and uh, if your language has a garbage collector. You know we have to tweak the the write up a little bit. So. Um, and, and all that is because we're so uniquely focused and it allows us to kind of solve the problem better than um, sort of a more general problem for, uh, sorry, a more general platform uh, for whom this course is, is maybe just like one tiny uh, specific problem. So something I've been thinking about a lot is like, I wonder if um, that if like more parts of the tech world or these things that we uh, kind of think of as like being owned by big platforms will kind of go that way where like people will um, be able to do better jobs of more specific things and kind of eat away little little bits of it. Um, I don't know. I just know that for us it's worked. For sure. I mean, I, I can maybe illustrate a parallel with maybe MCAT uh, test prep, or if you want to go to med school, whether you're a plastic surgeon or a general physician, everyone takes the MCAT. And I think, I think maybe that there's MCATing, MCAT acts as a gatekeeper for med school upon which point people in med school specialize. I think the same is probably true in software engineering. It's just, it, it's not as strictly credentialed. So maybe it's like going by working at Facebook, you're, it's like you're working. It's like you went to Harvard medical school. <laughs> that might, that might be a very generous analogy. I don't know. There's probably a lot more people who work at Facebook than attend Harvard medical school, but the, maybe the pedigree and the types of projects you work on in employment as a software engineer is the specialization track. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a crazy career that's in flux mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, I think it's really cool to hear and the backstory of self-employment uh, for our audience members that might be curious about uh, just how to differentiate yourself as a content business. Like argu arguably you're more than a content business. You have a huge recurring uh, model basis for uh, people who are probably on the job market constantly. Uh, what a, what advice do you have for people who might uh, be on the verge of 
the same starting point that you were when you yeah so so i think first of all i think it's totally fair to to categorize interview cake as a content business i think from a business model perspective we've spent a bunch of time writing code because all of our tech is is custom but um that's just because i'm a huge tech nerd and also a huge product nerd so i wanted the product to be just right but yeah what what we sell is, is an online course um so it um, if you're trying to do something that's specifically an online course or, or another content thing, um, I, I can share just a little bit of like what's worked for Interview Cake. Uh, a couple things. One is um, uh, most of our traffic comes from Google Search, so that's that's what's really um, allowed us to to kind of get out there. We we've played around with with uh, paid ads, um, couldn't quite get it to work for us. Uh, possible that we were just doing it wrong and may may change in the future, but so far it's just been um, Google search. So I would say get smart about search engine optimization. Um, there's some stuff you can read. Um, some of it's crap, but um, there are a few resources out there that like look specifically at like link building, for example, um, and, and um, just learn how to. It's a pretty pretty simple game. You use one of a number of tools to figure out which uh, queries actually have high search volume in your space. And then you make a, you, you say like, okay, if that's the title of a page, what's on the page? And then you make all those pages and then you drive links to those pages. Um, and that's about it. I mean, there are a few other small details. You have to kind of uh, link to those pages on your own website so that the link equity flows through. Um, and then you have to make sure that like, you know, you only have one title tag that is called uh, on-page optimization. Increasingly, that stuff doesn't matter, by the way. Uh, like the keywords tag is getting thrown out now, I hear. Um, mm. So um, so learn about the SEO stuff, in particular about how to bridge that gap between uh, what people are actually searching versus like what your marketing copy is. Um, there, I, I, I would... I would uh... I guess highlight that I, I guess that one of your biggest competitors in SEO might be sites with user generated mm -hmm. content like your glass doors and they're, you know, best known for being the website for looking mm -hmm. up salaries. Uh, although they made a push into mm -hmm. this space of curating um, user submitted self-reported mm -hmm. interview questions and reviewing not just on the job experience as employees, but pre-job, what the interview experience was like at different companies. So when when dealing with what seems like an enormous brand with v definitely venture capital backing, what, what are some of the things that you think um, were your advantages when facing a company that employs, you know, hundreds, if not yeah, thousands so, of people? Um, this is the way I think about it. It's certainly not the only way to think about it. But um, when looking at a company like Glassdoor, um, I think one thing that's unique um, that we can do, actually, uh, I, I would make an analogy. This is going to sound far-fetched, but it's, it's going to come together. Um, I think this actually relates to the question of whether or not a company gives out um, these uh, take-home uh, problems, these take-home um, uh, programming tests um, before interviewing you. Um, to me, when you um, as a company do that, um, what you're telling the candidate is 
uh, we value our time more than we value your your time. So um, if we're going to talk to you, we want to see some investment from you first. Um, and that uh, is upsetting to me as a consumer, as, as a candidate. Um, I don't like that. Um, uh, similarly, when, when companies kind of do the thing where um, they make it very hard to find a phone number um, to contact them for support, and they make you kind of click through this support wizard, uh, and then you know you have to do all this stuff like just to get a phone number uh, I, f- uh, I, I find that offensive, right? Because again, what, what the company is saying is um, we value uh, our time more than yours. Now, th- there are ways to kind of um, uh, clean that up, right? I mean, I, I, you can save both parties' time in, some, in a lot of cases by uh, making the thing easier for me to do myself, right? Uh, if there's a button to request a refund or something, right? Uh, or to change the setting I'm trying to change or, or whatever. Um, but, um, but so fundamentally, one thing that we've really had as a core um, value for Interview Cake is um, that our time is less valuable than our users' time. Uh, so, so we spend uh, far, far too much time on every single page uh, that we write. We go through just like so many rounds of revision uh, it's it's insane. I mean, you, you'll 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 think I'm obsessed, um, and and I am. Um, but the reason <laughs> is because uh, we want what we uh, post to be actually good, um, and and when you have um, uh, when your focus is to go super broad rather than to go narrow but high quality, um, I think just categorically you're not going to be able to do as good of a job. Um, so that's kind of how I've I've thought about you know that question of like how do you go against these big guys? Um, the answer so far for me has been like just just be more focused. Totally fair, totally fair. And to the previous part about how maybe software engineering is this odd niche niche with a very peculiar job interview format. I mean Glassdoor and these job review sites that try to get into interview question curation. Their coverage is all employers everywhere, yeah. <laughs> which is a very, 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 very large space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's understandable that they wouldn't be able to produce the quality content that Interview Cake's got. So, yeah, yeah, kudos, kudos to Interview Cake as a product. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I, off the top of my head, I, I think I'm tapped out for questions for now. Is, is there anything that you'd like to plug? I mean, obviously, we'll include links in the show notes to quite a few of the things that we've mentioned, including. I'm interested to backlink to the Hacker News post that you mentioned. Cool, yeah. So we'll, sure. we'll try to get that in there. Yeah, I can pull that up. Um, yeah, I guess um, in particular, I might plug, so I'll send you the link for this. Um, we have an article on uh, imposter syndrome uh, that um, I'm, I'm really proud of. It's, it's super short, but um, just kind of walks... Um, people through sort of my read on like how imposter syndrome works um, because I think it happens to all of us. Um, and it's uh, when you break it down, it's um, really makes a lot of sense. I'm going to end up summarizing the article, but um, the, the, the idea basically is that um, uh, there, there's a common kind of uh, cognitive bias, right? Which is that, when, when you see somebody else uh, who knows something 
that that you don't know right like the, they they have a skill like you know they're they're better at um uh writing regexes than you are right like you you, you you've never been able to figure that that shit out so like how do you you know so like uh <laughs> obviously like you're not a real engineer right so what you're missing what's happening under the hood um i think is that when you see other people kind of having these things that you don't have and, and their uh their tool belts um you're assuming that their tool belt is is a superset of your own right you're assuming that they also know everything that you know and what we forget is that um that's that's not true and some of the stuff that comes naturally to you uh, may not come naturally to that same person uh, for whom you know you're you're envious of of some of their other kind of uh, proclivities. So one like great example from um, from my life is that um, you know in a lot of ways uh, I I often feel like I'm not um, I'm not one of those whiz kid engineers, right? Um, I, I don't um, a actually the algorithms class that I took in college um, was I think the worst grade I got in my entire life. Um, it it was so difficult for me that this course, and um, and I think it's I'm I'm good at teaching it because it took me so long to make this stuff make sense to me. Um, so um, you know so I have a lot of difficulty around around this stuff. Um, but one thing that um, works pretty well for me is that I, I have a bit of an eye for design, which I think has helped with Interview Cake. And front-end stuff has, has always kind of, just as a problem space, um, come pretty naturally. Like, a, you know, I can, I can sling CSS uh, uh, very quickly. And, uh, and so I've had several moments early on in my career where I would be working with someone and they'd be doing some, like, really cool, hardcore, like, back-end thing. And I'd be like, man, I'm not a real engineer. And then a month later, I would see them like spending an hour trying to center an image on a web page. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, you know, text line center, uh, you know, display inline block, <laughs> right? Um, and it's, uh, you know, I think this is an important thing to keep in mind is, is that w when you see other people um, picking up things quickly, um, uh, you know, it's, it's because their, um, their tool belt is different than the, than yours, uh, in a lot of cases, not necessarily that, that theirs is bigger than yours. Mm -hmm. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Well, I'll include that in the show notes as well. Uh, but otherwise I want to thank you again, Parker. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. For more, visit us on iTunes or our website at theaccidentalengineer.com.